Hello and welcome to episode 107 of Inside the WDF with me, Andrew Sinclair. As promised, this is the second episode of the week looking ahead to the return of the Europe Cup after four years away. You'll hear from three players who will be in action this coming week in Spain, namely the Irish captain and defending men's singles champion Martin Heenahan, Hungary's Patrick Kovac and Martin's teammate for the Republic of Ireland, David Concanon. I'll also give my picks for the teams, pairs and singles competitions and it's with the singles that I'll begin. Those singles events are best of seven from the first round right up until the last 16. They're best of nine in the quarters, best of 11 in the semis and then the finals are contested over best of 13 legs. So nice to see some longer format games Looking at the men's singles, I think in terms of the players to watch, there are probably four or five what you would call obvious favourites. I think the standout one for me is Scott Williams because I think he has had a tremendous year. And I mean, that's just not my opinion. That's a a fact. He's won four Challenge Tour titles those Challenge Tour performances got him onto the Pro Tour as a replacement when Tour Card holders uh, dropped out, and he then won a Pro Tour as a non-Tour Card holder, which is a very difficult thing to do. His performances, through various means, mean that he's almost guaranteed a spot at the PDC World Championship at the end of this year, and also a Tour Card for 2023 and 2024. So this is essentially a last hurrah in an England shirt for him. He's had some success this year he he won the British Internationals with the England team he gave a good account of himself as they came runners up in the Six Nations and in terms of his form he's coming off a finals night win at the Moda Super Series so he couldn't ask to be in better form and the way he's playing this year he looks like he's improving all the time and he's enjoying his darts and I know he's motivated playing for England so for me Scott Williams is the the big favourite but his teammate Luke Littler is going to be right there with him. As I said on the, the podcast that came out yesterday, Luke had a brilliant weekend at the, the England Classic. He became the youngest ever winner of the pentathlon. He won the non-ranked event, beat Nick Kenny in a really good final and chucked a 170 finish in there. And he also won the youth tournament. And sometimes in those youth tournaments, he, he blows the other guys away. But on this occasion, Jensen Walker was right there with him. And it was a real ding-dong final, 5-4 both of them averaging over 90. So Luke's showed some really good form just this weekend, gone. He too, like Scott, has looked at home in an England shirt and he's not let the occasions phase him. He was up playing on the World Championship stage earlier this year, becoming the youngest ever player to win a game in a World Championship. So Luke's going to be right in that mix. I don't think he's got as good a chance of winning it as Scott does, but he's certainly going to be in and around the Dutch team then are the other favourite. I mean, that Dutch team is incredibly strong. You've got Jelle Klaassen, uh, former world champion and uh, Dutch Open champion this year, back in a Dutch shirt for the first time in a very long time. You've got Denny Alderkalter, who, after a kind of a quiet period, picked up in a title in Sweden last month and looks to be getting back to his best, was also in the, the final of the, the Dutch National Championships this year as well. Uh, you've got Danny Van Tripp, who's had some real success on the, the Challenge Tour this year, and I know has played in the, the Modus League as well. And then Wesley Plazier, probably one of the best players alongside Scott Williams to not have a tour card at the moment. 
had some good performances on the Euro Tours earlier this year and now has a a WDF title under his belt, which will have certainly helped with his confidence. So those guys, for me, are the the real favourites for the tournament. But there definitely are other players to look out for. I think Jamie Bain for Scotland, he's probably their strongest hope of winning it, has done some good stuff for them this year and, and seems to be enjoying his darts again. Sebastian Biawetski for Poland. He's shown that he's not daunted by the big occasions with that run at the UK Open, winning the the Denmark Open as well this year. He'll be one to watch. And then there are a number of good quality players that have really tricky opening games. I I touched on Wesley Plazier already. He kicks off against uh, Gabor Takac from Hungary. Gabor's won a couple of WDF titles this year, seems to be playing some of his best ever darts. So that's a a tough game for Wesley to begin with, same for, for Gabor. Few other tricky openers as well. You've got Lajlo Kadar from Romania, who was at the WDF World Championship earlier this year, has won multiple WDF titles this year. He's going in there against Edwin Torbjornsson from Sweden, who also has won a WDF title this year. And Edwin was part of the winning team from the 2018 Europe Cup four years ago uh, for Sweden. So that's a real tough opener. Talking of Sweden, you've got Ricky Nauman, who's had a really good last sort of 12-15 months. He's going in there against the Welsh captain, Nick Kenny, who has really good pedigree as a player and has a good pedigree in events like this. You know, if it hadn't been for a, a an almost catastrophic foot injury three years ago, Nick probably would have won the World Cup singles in Romania because he was probably the best player on form going into that tournament. Um, Martin Heenahan, the defending champion, He's got a chance of going all the way again, but he kicks off against Dyson Parody from Gibraltar, who on his day can beat anyone and is a very good player. So you see what I mean? There are a lot of these really tricky ties there, and there are a lot of players, as you would expect, that can go all the way. And I, I suppose in that sense, that's the beauty of a tournament like this, where you don't have seeds, because it means that the open nature of it gives you a lot of really tricky opening games you know, a couple of others that stand out. Alan Small, the Scotland captain, is taking on uh, Cat- Catalonia's standout, Martin Marti Santamaria. Uh, very good soft tip player who's also had success on the, the WDF steel tip circuit. Stefan Belmont from Switzerland, he's really growing this year. Played some motor stuff recently, which of course is the same format as this, best of seven. He's in there with an up and coming Czech player called Thomas Hudek. And, you know, a rogue pick, I would say, to, to finish this section on is Patrick Tringler from Austria. I know he's been doing some really good stuff domestically in Austria this year. He's going in there with Jacques Labre, who's the strongest player in the French team and is someone that has really, really grown in the Challenge Tour this year. So, as I said, lots of tough competitive games in the men's singles. Trying to now look at the draw, and I've, I've kind of done a prediction of how I see the tournament playing out and the way I see it the quarterfinals I've got are James Hurrell against Danny Van Tripp Scott Williams against Denny Older Calter Yella Klaassen against Luke Littler and Wesley Plazier against Kieran Tihan uh, from that my feeling is that you get a Scott Williams Wesley Plazier final which is probably not the most bold or extravagant pick but I certainly think those two are probably the strongest two on form coming into the tournament if I was pushed to pick a winner, and I will push myself to do it. I will say that Scott Williams wins it. Um, 
But as I've said, there are four or five players that I would consider really good favourites to do it. And then a lot more outside of that that have got a very good chance to do so. Looking across to the women's, I suppose the key question here is, is there anyone in the field that can actually stop Bo Greaves just winning another title? She's won 10 WDF ranking events this year. She's won, you know, she went to one women's series weekend and won all four titles. And I think coming into this tournament, the Europe Cup, she's undoubtedly the red hot favourite. The only person who's got multiple wins over her this year is, is Lisa Ashton. And Lisa's not playing in, in Spain. So you think that Bo's probably going to win because of the standard she's playing at and the, the winning machine that she's become. But, you know, she's not infallible and there are other good women in the field. So you've got Rihanna Sullivan, for example. Rihanna has beaten her this year. Rihanna has been playing some very, very good stuff this year. She's also very, very good when she's got that Welsh shirt on and she's taking on her role as captain. And looking at the draw, her and Bo are in the same half of it, so they're likely to probably meet in the semi-finals. And for my money, that semi-final probably dictates who wins it. But it's not a one-horse race. On the other side of the draw, you've got Lorraine Wynne Stanley, who was on the show very recently. She seems to be hitting a good run of form, uh, particularly in terms of uh, her averages. And you've also got Noah Lynn van Leuven, the Dutch thrower who seems to be growing and improving all the time and absolutely, from what she's shown recently, has the ability to win a tournament like this. Is this too soon for her to, to win? Maybe. But maybe this is the moment where she gets the breakthrough that I feel is imminent for her. I'm not sure. There are a few other dark horses in the women's tournament. You've got Katie Sheldon and Robin Byrne from Ireland and Patricia de Poiter from Belgium, who, who's won this tournament before a decade ago, and she's won a ranking title in the WDF recently. But as I said, Bo is the red-hot favourite, and I do think she wins it. But you never know. And that will be the narrative to follow for the women's events. But strange things can happen in these Europe Cups and World Cups. And I think if I asked you, listening, don't look it up, who won the women's singles at the Europe Cup four years ago, I would hazard a guess that most people listening to this wouldn't know who it was. Um, it was Fiona Gaylor from Switzerland. Yeah, not someone I've seen a huge amount of either. Uh, she hasn't... She's not got a bad draw this time. It's probably a reasonable draw, I would have said. Uh, and looking at kind of the way I'm projecting the draw to pan out, I think she probably loses in the last 32 to, to Emily Davidson of Scotland or Kirsty Vinakainen from Finland, who I've talked up on the show before, is a very good, very solid player. The defending champion, as I mentioned earlier, in the men's singles is Ireland's Martin Heenahan. The man nicknamed Little Dog won the title in 2018, beating the Czech Republic's Pavel Jerkel in the final. Martin and I caught up last week to discuss his title defence, his career in darts, how online darts benefited his career and what it means to be captaining the Irish team this time round. I'm now delighted to be joined by the Ireland captain, Martin Heenahan. Martin, how are you? Good, how are you, Andrew? Very good. Glad to get you on the show, talking uh, about your defence of the Europe Cup title next week in Spain. But before then, I want to go back to the beginning of your, your darting career. Who was it that introduced you to darts? Um, I suppose it was just kind of the, the local neighbours and that that got me into us. Um, there was darts around where, where I'm from and um, I suppose we just started playing at home and then 
that took us out to playing a bit of county um, under under 18 level and then it kind of just progressed from there one step led to another and, and here we are now <laughs> so you're from county mayo i know that you know you've played for them being captain for them what's the scene like in mayo for darts um i suppose pre-covid it was quite good um it was it was busy uh, there would have been a lot of like memorial tournaments things like that that kept us going um, since COVID, probably less activity, but uh, we did uh, we won the All Ireland this year, which was a, a good win for us uh, for for our county, um, and I, I suppose a small bit unexpected as well um, in the wider scene in, in Irish darts. But uh, no, it was good to get over the line in that one. So I suppose it's picking back up, is what I would say, but not to the level as what it was at. 2009-2010, you start playing more of the the senior INDO competitions before then were you mostly just playing those sort of local memorial tournaments that the county youth stuff yeah i yeah it was and plus i was playing underage level um with ireland as well so i suppose that kind of it was a nice little run in for me in terms of playing underage and then i was kind of having some experiences in the senior uh, team and I suppose senior rankings if you like so the transition it was a good transition if you like where probably nowadays or, or pre- previously uh, jumping from youth level to senior level was always a bit of a gap but now we've under 21s and you have the youth tour and you have Modus League and all the rest of it so there's a, there's a better transition piece if you like now I think. Mm, for sure. In 2011 you came very close to qualifying for the PDC World Championship at Alexandra Palace lost in the, the semi-finals of the Tom Kirby Memorial to Connie Finnan. I mean, that was quite early on in your senior career. So as much as it was disappointing to lose, was it a good thing for you that you were so close that early on? Um, you've done your research. I forgot <laughs> about that. Um, <laughs> I suppose it was good and bad. Listen, you take, the, you take the pros and cons of every situation. Of course, I would have loved to have... Uh, qualified through that and, and made a debut in the World Championship stage um, but again you take the learning from it I was young I, I can't remember what age I was back then but um, I was young at the time and, and I was playing at a, at a high level so you take the pros out of it you know hmm. and I suppose then you know Connie only got to play a best of seven game when he actually got there so you know maybe better to, to maybe wait to a later point when you get the full kind of three set five set experience yeah, well, I'd look at it another way. You take any opportunity that passes you, whether it's a it's a bad one or a good one, you just take the opportunities, grab them and see where it leads you, you know? Um, I don't think any any stage like that, it's never bad to get onto it, no matter what the format is. I think uh, you should just go and grab it when you can. Hmm. Well, while I was doing my research for this interview, I was listening to an interview you'd done on the, the Irish radio, and you were saying that, you know, a number of years ago, you had a, an offer from the PDC to go and do Q school, and you, you would have that covered... By them, when was that you know approach from them? That was, I think we were playing the U Tour at the time, and when we got to the world, like you qualified for the world championships of the U Tour, and I remember I got down, I think it was the last sixteen, last eight, and as part of the price for getting that far was uh, entry paid into Q School. Um, and at the time, I suppose I was maybe around 17, it was, uh, I was sitting in my leave and search, which is the equivalent to your final year exams in, in the UK. But um, I, I suppose the timing wasn't right. Maybe I took the more sensible decision of getting the school stuff done and getting my college degree and focusing on all that side of things. And darts was like the, the hobby on the side, if you like, you know. So that was the decision on that. 
Well, fast forward a, a few years, and of course you won that Europe Cup title in, in Budapest. Prior to that Europe Cup, though, when was it that you got your first cap for the Irish senior team? Um, I think it was 15 years ago when I was 16 I played the Six Nations in Northern Ireland that would have been my first cap for the seniors Do you remember anything from that first Six Nations? I remember getting hammered <laughs> in, in an awful lot of legs um, but in one of them I think and I no I think yeah I, I, I bet Darren Gurney in one of them so that's my claim to fame uh, in one of them legs I think I start off with a 180 and that format is a, it's a very difficult format anyway for anyone you know if someone starts good more than likely they're going to win the leg so uh, um, yeah that was probably the highlight of that particular weekend <laughs> it's, it's interesting you mentioned the Six Nations though because earlier this year that was the first sort of in-person international event Ireland had since the World Cup in 2019 how good was it I know the Six Nations it's the one leg on one leg off thing but how good was it being out again as a team going overseas for a big tournament yeah it was nice to get back it was nice to get a bit of normality I suppose it's like anything uh, starting back when you haven't played in such a long time it was it was all new in, in one sense even though we'd done it for years and years you know um, but it was nice to get that format back in and I think that'll stand to us uh, next week because obviously it's a one leg format come the team event as well so please uh, please God that will work out in our favour you know and the big thing for you guys from the Six Nations was the Irish women won the, the women's Six Nations for the first time ever. How was that win received back home? Uh, very well. Uh, listen, it was it was the first time either the men or the women uh, won, a, won a Six Nations, so it was a brilliant achievement for the ladies. And like from watching on and being there in their company, um, three three brilliant girls uh, that played absolutely brilliant stuff all weekend. And they they done the right shots at the right time. Uh, each one of them, it was a real team event. And I know that sounds kind of cliche, but like when you seen the three girls, when one of them lost, the other one picked it up, and vice versa. And that was the way they were all weekend. And even behind the scenes, the practicing they were doing together, and the, just the the friendship that was going on was really really good, you know. And even like I'm not trying to sound bad, but I suppose the age gap between the the team of girls as well was there, and and it just they all fitted perfectly, which was a great credit to them and and to our as well you know we're very proud of what they've done looking back to, to your Europe Cup win now in, in 2018 you started the singles tournament you got Daniel Larson from Sweden in the first round which was a pretty tough first round game were you grateful yeah. at the time that you kind of got a tough start so if you won that you're up to speed straight away um, I suppose at the time it was like anything you take one game at a time you know and obviously I knew I was playing Daniel uh, going over there and in my own head, all I was thinking was, listen, get off to a good start, play my own game and, and see how it goes. And um, I, I, to be fair, I think that particular week, it just everything seemed to go my way. It was like my luck was in, to be honest. Um, I played very, very well and f- felt very comfortable. And I know when I played Daniel, I, just, I really kicked off into a good start. I went two or three nil up straight away in, in a short amount of darts and, and it kind of just went from there. And It's like anything, confidence is a great thing when you have it and when it keeps rolling, it just helps you through the next match and the next match and the next match and that's what happened for me when I won the Europe Cup the confidence just grew and grew every game and um, I suppose my darts got better became very consistent and and that's what led to winning it I mean looking at the results you were as you say you were a very comfortable winner in, in every game I think you know closest was you know 5-2 or you know and then in the final beat Pavel Jerkel from, from the Czech Republic 7-2 
you got any particular memories of the the end of that final, the winning double going in, the celebrations um, after? Yeah, I remember. I remember winning this, uh, and I remember missing two match starters, match starters, not two match starters before that. But I think I think the biggest thing for me in the final was uh, getting up that morning and. And, and thinking to myself, how do I get ready just to play one game? Because all the tournaments we'd ever enter, you, it's a tournament throughout a day, you know what I mean? So you're playing first round and then you play a final. So it's very kind of unique to just be getting up to play a final and to get prepared for that. But um, listen, it worked out well for me. I think the quality maybe in the final wasn't in it. I think if we played the final the day of the singles, it would have been a lot higher quality match you would have seen better darts but listen I'm I'm quite content to, to, to take it home in any amount of darts that I took you know you know a year or so after that well probably about 18 months after that you know as probably you were hoping that you'd be able to kick on with your game we ended up going into the, the lockdowns because of the pandemic did you kind of feel that any momentum you'd got from that win sort of was taken away by the lockdowns um yeah, I suppose a small bit, but when I won the Europe Cup in 2018, so we still had a World Cup in 2019, um, so I still had a bit of time to kick on if I wanted, I suppose, you know, um, and I don't know, I don't think I went to Q school even after that, to be honest with you, I think it was actually a waste to COVID came to go to Q school, so really I just kind of take things very laid back, to be quite honest with you, you know, darts is, is, is a hobby really to me, it's not a job or anything like that, so I just take it as it comes. Um, but to be the, listen, the COVID came, online darts came. I found them very good. Um, it, it worked into my life really well in terms of having a busy job and then being able just to come home and play darts competitively online at home. And if you lose, you could just walk downstairs and you're not traveling two or three hours, you know. So um, it suited my lifestyle, if you like. Mm. Um, where maybe the travelling doesn't as much I, I do find it difficult to travel just with the job I have and, and getting away you know mm. What is it that you you do for work? Um, I'm a day service manager for people with disabilities ah, Okay Probably quite a demanding but quite rewarding job as well Yeah very much so very much so both it's, 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 you're always on the other end of the phone but it's it's very rewarding and in terms of the, the online darts, it was something I wanted to ask about because I remember, you know, you'd always see those competitions on Facebook and your name was usually, you know, the business end of those competitions. What was your setup like at home? Have you got a dedicated darts room? I have. We just pre-lockdown, we moved into, we built a house and moved into it and in the house we have a darts room. So I'm sitting in it now, actually. <laughs> so it's just a darts room on its own. It's all kitted out with the, the JDC camera and the... The surround light, the target light, and all the rest of it. So it's, yeah, it's a good setup. Absolutely. And did you find that you know, as you you sort of see darts as a, a hobby, and you hadn't really done Q school before the last couple of years, were the online darts useful in that they kind of broke down the barrier because you were able to play your Dave Chisnells, your Nathan Aspinalls on a regular basis, which otherwise you wouldn't have had the chance to. Yeah, definitely. I think that was one of the, the highlights of online darts was you got them opportunities to play these guys and to see kind of where you really did fit in in terms of your own standard, you know. But through the online darts, I found myself throwing three or four hours nearly every night where before that I would never do that. You know, it was just you, you might have an hour a night practice or whatever it would be on your own. But when you were playing online competitions they did go three or four hours so you found your standard went up and up and up because of it so it was uh, it was very good um at the time 
Um, and probably something I should look at doing a bit more, but I, I don't since the competition stopped. <laughs> and what you know, when we got back to in-person darts this year, I know you did the first block of the challenge tours, but you've not been there since then. Is that because you couldn't get the time off from work, or did the format not really suit you? It was a bit, of, a bit of everything, to be honest. Which I'd done the first uh, group challenge tours; they didn't go great. Um, I know the second weekend that was coming up was in Germany looked into going to Germany in terms of travel and everything and it was just kind of it was really out of the way you know I think from Ireland you had to get two or three flights it was just an unusual uh, place to have it and on the particular weekend of the second challenge tours we had our all Ireland's um, which is probably the biggest tournament of the year in Ireland so I just opted to do that one rather than actually travel to Germany. Where do you feel your game is at going into the Europe Cup next week? I suppose, well, listen, I don't know is the honest answer. Uh, I didn't compete in the Irish ranking system this year uh, by choice, um, but I did go to the last one last weekend just to see where I was, and I got to the final of the uh, on the Saturday, and I got to the last eight on the Sunday. So um, I suppose, listen, my game is in an all right place. It's not in the best place, but it, each week is different, and... I know a bit of time and a bit of experience. I'll probably be, I'll probably be going all right come next week, hopefully. <laughs> Over the last sort of year, eighteen months or so, I've seen your your brother Connor playing a lot more darts as well. I know he's got a background in you know Gaelic football and and you know sort of soccer football uh, as well. Has seeing him you know do a lot more with the darts has that pushed you on in some ways? Um, I know. Listen, I'm happy for Connor. Connor's doing very well, very well. Um, the Modus League has really brought Connor on. It's given him something to strive to. Um, I suppose Connor's Connor's putting the time in. He's getting the rewards, which is great. Um, going back, is it pushing me on? I I, I don't know really. I, I suppose in ways it it probably does. We'd be quite competitive, the two of us, to be fair. Uh, especially when it comes to local stuff, local competitions, and who wins what. But um, and and we're only we only live like a kilometer away from each other, and we we rarely even practice together. To be honest, it's probably something we should do. But um, yeah, maybe in time it'll push me on. But at the minute, I just kind of take everything at my own pace and and take everything as life comes, if you like. You're the captain for for the Irish team this year. I know you were for the, the Six Nations earlier this year as well. When was it that you were made up to, to captain? Um, I think just before the Six Nations, I was made captain this year. But I've been captain other years as well. So um, I think maybe I'm probably the probably maybe the longest standing one on the team. I think um, in terms of caps and that. So yeah, just before the Six Nations this year, they made me captain for this year. So in terms of being the, the captain for, for a big darts tournament like this, what does that actually mean for you? Do you have extra responsibilities and so on? Um, I, I suppose the best way to look at it is that, I suppose, my job, or what, the way I would see my job is, I suppose, to have everyone kind of focused, uh, have their head on in terms of um, the darts that's coming and be prepared for, for each tournament as it comes and maybe kind of the motivational side to make sure everyone is, is up for what we're about to do and what we're about to uh, compete in, you know. So I suppose that's I suppose that's the way I would look at my role, if you like. And in terms of the, the Irish team that's going over to Spain, tell me a little bit more about the, the guys that you're going to be playing with and alongside next week. Yeah, um, all good 
of lads in fairness uh, David Cunningham is a former Europe Cup champion as well I think he won it in 2016 and never got to defend it so he's also defending a European title in in some way um, then we have Kieran Sheehan who you probably know from mm-hmm. Modus and, and the PDC development tour and had a tour card previously as well uh, another really good lad and then we have a guy called Mark Cullen who is playing very, very well. Um, a guy that just missed out on the team for 2019, uh, came back and done the ranking system again and qualified for the team for the Europe Cup in 2020. And then obviously COVID came and cancelled it all. So Mark is getting a shot next week. So he'd, he'll be he'll be definitely ready for that. And have the, the Federation set any hopes for what they want the team to achieve? Or are you all able to go out there and play without any kind of pressure? Yeah, listen. They never, they never put pressure on us. Uh, I must say they're doing a, they're doing a brilliant job in terms of Irish stars. Like they've brought Irish stars to a really good level, a really good standard, and we've had really good success in the last number of years, both in the men's, women's, and youths. Um, so they never, there's never an expectation set on this is how many medals we need to get or this is the colour of the medal that needs to be got. But I suppose in our own heads as a team and as and as a unit together, we do have our own expectations. And to be honest, I do expect. Uh, some silverware out of this uh, week, so that's I suppose that's my expectation. In the men's singles, where you're defending your title, you're you're kicking off against Dyson Parody from Gibraltar. Have you played yeah. Dyson before? Um, I don't recall. I don't recall playing him. I could have, but I don't recall. I think I played his doubles partner Dylan Duo before <laughs> in the Masters, um, but I don't think I played Dyson. No. And uh, just to finish. This time next weekend, are you going to be a reigning two-time Europe Cup singles champion? Well, I don't see why not. I'm going to try anyway. See how it goes. Take one game at a time. I won't look that far ahead. <laughs> nice one. Thank you very much for your time, Martin. Really appreciate it. Wish you and the Irish team all the success for next week. Thanks very much. Cheers. I really enjoyed talking to Martin last week. He's a good player, and as I said earlier, I think he's got good prospects this week of going all the way once again. In the pairs, he's teaming up with David Concanon, who you'll hear from later in the show. Those two kick off against a Norwegian team featuring Cor Decker. Now, the pairs in the Europe Cup has traditionally been dominated by England, although we will have new winners this time as the defending champions, Scott Mitchell and Dan Day, will not be playing. I think trying to pick a winner in the pairs is a little bit difficult because there are so many good quality players playing together, but that doesn't necessarily mean they'll they'll work as a pair. And, you know, playing doubles in darts is always a a funny old game. Uh, I think the dangerous teams for me are going to be those that have played together before. So Nick Henney and Sam Kankit are very good friends. They play together. Uh, Wales and... You know, they'll want to make a statement and pick up some silverware. And I think that, you know, they've got a very good chance of doing so. James Hurrell and Luke Littler have bonded together on England trips before. So I think they'll be a tricky duo to beat. And both are playing well. Both big 180 hitters. Uh, Ricky Nauman and Edwin Torbjörnsson for, for Sweden. Probably be a good duo. Edwin's done well in these team events in the past. And as has Ricky in the, the Nordic Cups and so on. David Concanon and Martin Heenan, as I mentioned. There are other teams where you look at them and you think, well, you probably are good on paper. You know, Stefan Belmont and Thomas Junghans for Switzerland. Uh, Liam Meek and Dyer Rogers for Wales. Scott Williams and Josh Richardson for England. 
Leslie Plazer and Denny Oldercounter for the Netherlands. But the team for me, looking at the way I think the tournament will play out and the way I think they'll gel together, my favourites to win the men's pairs are Andy Bartons and John Desremo. Andy Bartons is a tremendous player. He showed at the World Championships this year just what he's capable of. And while he's not been as hot since then on the WF Tour, he has got to the, the deep stages of tournaments. He's still playing at a high standard. Qualified for that Euro Tour and home soil recently in Belgium. And he also won the Dutch Open pairs earlier this year with Thibaut Tricot. Okay, different partner this time round, but you know that's certainly a good accolade to have under your belt. And then... In the shape of John Desremo, he's a very solid player, and I do feel that you know at Lakeside he didn't get to show what he's capable of, but he's someone who, who throws an awful lot of 180s, and I think those two together, given how their kind of bracket of the draw looks, I think they will probably make it to the quarterfinals without too much trouble. And then from there, you're in the business end of the tournament, you're flying, you've got good momentum behind you, and I think they're probably going to go all the way, and... You know, even if they do, I would think that in the final they probably do go up against the Irish pair of David Concanon and Martin Hina, and I think they're going to be a, a well-oiled machine when all is said and done in Spain. The women's pairs, I think there is a more overwhelming favourite in my mind, and again, it involves Bo Greaves. Her and Dee Tedman have played pairs together for an awfully long time now, and they've won an awful lot as a pair. Now, you know, now, doubles in darts is not what it is in, say, tennis, where uh, the game is obviously very different and your individual contributions vary slightly. But they have played together a lot before and they've won a lot before. And I think that will count, particularly in the tournament where they do look like the strongest duo. But there are some other teams that bear watching out for, I think. Priscilla Steinbergen and Noelin van Leuven for the Netherlands. I think they're going to be really strong. I think Anna Forsmark and Maud Janssen of Sweden will definitely be there as well because they've both had good years. And, you know, Anna was on the show earlier this year. She's getting more confident all the time. So that could pay off here. Uh, Lorraine Wistanley and Claire Brookin, I think is going to be a very solid duo. And I think they're going to be one where they probably carry each other through certain games. You know, one's going to have stronger games and then the other will take on. Anka Zilstra and Lorena Rietbergen, again, another solid Dutch duo, but I think the one that's caught my eye and probably will catch a lot of other people's eye as well is the two young Irish girls playing together, Katie Sheldon and Robin Byrne. I think those two together are going to be really, really good and fun to watch. You know, as the tournament goes on, they're, they're probably going to play Aurora Focusato from, from Italy. Uh, so there'll be a lot of really good young talent. The future of women's darts probably on show in that match between those three ladies. And, you know, quarterfinals, semifinals. I I could really see Katie and, and Robin getting to the final. But at the moment, I don't see anyone stopping Dieter Edmund and Bo Greaves winning it. But as I said earlier, stranger things have happened before. There are a couple of, of really tough opening round games, though, in the pairs, just as there were in the singles. You know, in the men's, you've got uh, Scott Robertson and Scott Campbell of, of Scotland. They're taking on the, the Swedish pair of Nauman and Torbjornsson. Scott Williams and Josh Richardson, they've got Neil Duff, uh, you know, Northern Ireland in their first pairs game. But probably the one that stood out to me most when the draws came out was Patrick Kovac and Joseph Ruska, who, as you'll hear have played pairs together twice before and twice won national championships in Hungary as a pair. 
they're taking on Yellow Class and, and Danny Van Tripp, who, you know, on paper looks like a brilliant team. And I spoke to one of the men involved in that tie, Patrick Kovac, last week about Hungary's prospects in the Europe Cup, why he committed to chasing the WDF Tour this year, his three WDF ranking event wins in 2022, and why people have started calling him the planer. I'm now delighted to be joined by the Romanian Open champion Patrik Kovac and uh, Aniko Hassani from, from the Hungarian Federation. How are you both? Hi, thank you. I'm doing great. Patrick, I want to start by looking back to the, the beginning of your career. When did you originally get into darts? <laughs> Úgy gondoltam, hogy, hogy tudnék ezzel foglalkozni, és, és akár még lehetnék is jó benne. Ez volt tulajdonképpen 13 évvel ezelőtt durván, és igazság szerint így, így, így ennyi. I have met a bit sport, uh, um, like almost every other youngsters do. I watched it on TV, and I liked them, uh, what they are doing, actually. Um, and I... I just thought that I could do it myself and I could be good at it. And, uh, well, that was 13 years ago. <laughs> so when you were growing up, did you have any big darting heroes or, or inspirations? I'm So um, I'm one of those few who doesn't really have any idols or, you know, a player to be inspired by. I was more like um, somebody always who, who was just looking at the others, uh, looking at everybody and trying to learn from them. Um, you know, some things from one and some other things from another person. And uh, uh, as in my past, and then just as the same as nowadays, I watched a lot of uh, matches uh, which are available and tried to learn from those. I mean, those mistakes uh, others, uh, other, others may take or make. Um, interestingly, I like to watch um, playing people who are a bit uh, behind me. Um, in terms of, um, let's say, averages or results. So that, that uh, drives me back to my, my um, you know, to the basics. Hmm. So it means that I can, you know, search myself again. And um, But if, if I need to tell somebody, then I would say I would love to play on the level as Phil Taylor played when he was at his best. 
In 2011, uh, Patrick, you got to the quarterfinals of a, a development tour event when you were just 15. What are your memories of, of that run in Austria? Ott láttam először a, a nagy PDC játékosokat, és talán nem is foglalkoztam kellően eleget azzal, hogy én ott éppenséggel versenyt fogok majd játszani a korosztályomba. Magával ragadott az, hogy, hogy ott láthattam azokat, akiket a tévében, vagy pedig a, az interneten keresztül néztem akár nap, mint nap. A, az egyik Rodriguezzel akkor egy aránylag jó meccset játszottam, talán osztrákkal, hollandal. Nem hazudok, ha azt mondom, hogy az első pár nemzetközi versenyeim közé tartozott az. Nagy élmény volt, és, és szívesen emlékszem vissza a mai napig, és, és ha valaki kérdez bizonyos, hogy, hogy tudnék-e kiemelni versenyeket, akkor azt általában hozzá mondani, szóval jó élmény volt, hogy szívesen emlékszem rá vissza. That was the, the tournament where I was um, I had uh, the opportunity to see big PDC players uh, playing uh, in person. Um, therefore, my own tournament was a bit uh, put behind because I was fascinated by um, you know seeing those players who I, I've been watching on TV up until that date. Um, so I was really thrilled and. Um, I, I had some good matches there, like uh, with Rodriguez, with some Austrian or, or uh, Dutch players. Uh, and this was one of my first uh, international tournament. Um, so that was really a big thing for me at that time. And um, even nowadays, I, it, it has, I mean, I have great memories. Um, just thinking back, those, uh, the tournament, and uh, when somebody asks me, Fast forward five years from then to 2016, and you made your PDC World Cup debut with the the mighty Magyar Nandor Bezeg. Did Nandor give you any advice before the game about playing on the PDC stage and in front of those TV cameras? Az a igazság, hogy túlzottan sokat nem találkoztunk és nem is kommunikáltunk túl sokat. Az hozzátartozik, hogy, hogy nem is laktunk túl közel egymáshoz, tehát nem tudtuk például azt megoldani, hogy, hogy esetleg találkozzunk előtte egyszer-kétszer, aztán eh, akár kimondottan kitérhessünk arra, hogy, hogy eh, mi az, ami esetleg segíthet a, a színpadon nekem fiatal fejjel. Eh, volt egy interjúnk a, az egyik tele, magyar televízióban, a, ha jól emlékszem, egy durván egy héttel a, a verseny előtt, és igazság szerint e, tudta, hogy én föl fogok maximálisan készülni, tudta, hogy, hogy e, jártam már e, különféle versenyeken, és, és e, igazság szerint különösebb e, extra dolgokról nem beszélgettünk. Ott meg igazság szerint... mondhatjuk? Hát szerintem igen. Én, én úgy gondolom, hogy igen. Valamilyen szinten örültem neki, hogy olyannal játszatok, aki, aki már azért volt ott, tehát nem első alkalommal áll oda. Nem, mintha ezt a meccsek alkalmával uh, tudtam volna erre gondolni, hogy megnyugodjak, de, de így, így, így tulajdonképpen ennyi. Didn't really had 
the chance to meet um, a lot before the tournament. And we didn't really have the chance to talk either. And that's mainly because we live, at that time, we lived quite far from each other within Hungary. And um, so we couldn't really have any any possibility to do so. However, there was an interview we were participating at Hungarian television channel. Uh, and that was about a week before the tournament. And uh, at there, uh, we could, you know, just have a talk. And uh, and I had the feeling, he didn't really give me um, any advice, but I had the feeling that he knew that I will be prepared and that he trusted me. Um, but anyhow, I was really, really uh, happy that I, I'm going with someone who has experience. Of course, during the games, it might not... Uh, you know, I might not remember that, but that's a different story. In that World Cup, uh, you, you and Nandor beat Thailand in in the first round before losing to Belgium in the the last sixteen. Looking back, how do you reflect on the the experience of that World Cup? Hát uh, borzasztóan izgultam, viszont zseniális volt az, hogy hogy uh, tulajdonképpen először láttam PDC színpadon és hallhattam, hogy mit csinál a közönség, amikor mondjuk valaki meccset Nem igazán sikerült kellően megélni minden pillanatát, ugyanis a, a, az izgalom, a hív az, az olyan szinten elvitte az agyamat, hogy, hogy ami tulajdonképpen a játékon is megmutatkozott, viszont az utána lévő meccsen a belgák ellen ott már valamilyen szinten tudtam egy picikét végrehajtani azt a feladatot, amit igazából gyakoroltam előtte. Hosszú-hosszú ideig. Az volt az első PDC színpadok szereplése, ebből kifolyólag mindig is kedves maradt számomra, pláne úgy, hogy, hogy még, még meccset is sikerült nyerni. És uh, amikor a Ronival játszottam a, a legjobb 16 között ugye az egyéni meccsen, ott meg viszont tudtam is legalább, ha nem is sokat, de egy minimálisat mutatni magamból, hogy még talán akár tudok is játszani normálisan. I was uh, extremely nervous um, there, but it was, um, you know, unexpected and, and you couldn't really imagine in advance how um, the crowd uh, was behaving when they won and that feeling was fascinating. Um, and I didn't really, I couldn't really uh, leave all of the moments, I mean, live in all of those moments uh, how because I was really nervous but um, during that during our, our game against uh, Belgium I was a bit more focused uh, already because that was my, that was already the second game and although this was the first PVC um, you know performance of mine um, this will be always be my one of my favorite and I just would like to highlight that it was really uh, a good, you know, feeling to play against Ronnie in the singles, because I feel that I could show something of myself during that that game, hmm. that match. Uh, your partner in that World Cup, Nandor, of course, is the the only Hungarian to have played in a, a PDC World Championship so far. Is your goal to to emulate him and play Alexandra Palace yourself? Elvenni semmiképpen sem szeretnék tőle semmiféle ilyesmi címet, de természetesen nagyon szeretnék játszani a, a PDC egyéni védén, 
mindenféleképpen egy mérföldkő lenne számomra. Voltam többször a kapujába, még egyelőre nem sikerült. Örülnék neki, hogyha nem kellene már arra olyan nagyon sokat várni, hogy lehessen újabb magyar azon a, a megméretetésen. Hazudnék, ha azt mondanám, hogy nem örülnék neki, hogyha ez személyebben lenne. Meglátjuk, lesz idén is selejtező, igaz egy nagy VDF versenyen rajta, szóval az még majd fejtörős lesz, de én amikor lehetőségem van, mindig meg fogom próbálni a selejtezőt, és, és igyekezni fogok, hogy ez, 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 ez sikerüljön majd a közeljövőben, vagy a hosszú távon, az ez majd kiderül. Emulate, to emulate is a bit hard work, but um, so I would really not to, like to take anything away from Nandy, <laughs> but more like uh, would be, uh, you know, really love to play um, at Alipali one day, because that would have been my, one of my uh, milestones in my career. I've been close to doing that um, in the past, but I never could make it yet. I would be really, really happy if somebody uh, from Hungary could go there again. And if that could be me, that would be fantastic. Uh, so I will try it this year as well, uh, although it will not be easy because that is together with a big uh, WDF tournament. But anyhow, I will always have this as, um, as one of my goals. Patrick, you, you played a lot of online darts during the, the pandemic and that sort of culminated with you beating Alan Suter in the, the final of the WDF Virtual Cup in 2020. After the PDC World Cup hadn't gone so well that year, uh, how important was winning the Virtual Cup for your confidence? <laughs> és hogy ezzel játszhatok majd, akkor volt benne egy ilyen valamilyen, valamilyen szintű, hát nem is azt mondom, hogy tartás, de, de izgatott voltam, ugyanis láttam a, a népsorzó tulajdonképpen milyen emberekkel kell majd játszani. Meg sem fordult a fejembe, hogy én nekem akár, akár még jó esélyem is lehet a végjátékban. Nagyon erős, nagyon jó meccseket játszottam. Megvertem olyan játékosokat, akik Megmondom, hogy szinte nem is gondoltam volna rá, ráadásul folyamatosan stabil 90-100 közötti átlagokkal. Mindenféleképpen nagyobb lennített előre a társokkal az, hogy tulajdonképpen az összes olyan időszakot, ami karanténnal, karanténnal töltöttünk, azt én igazság szerint reggeltől estig végig látszottam. Legtöbb esetben találtam bizonyos csoportokat a a Facebookon, és, és ott is mentek ilyen online versenyek, és én igazság szerint mindegyikkel játszottam, amint csak tudtam. Dobtam Kilesztilast is, játszottam PDC játékosokkal is, ez, ez tök jó volt, és ez a virtuálkat meg az egyik, az egyik olyan verseny, amikben talán a legbüszkébb vagyok, úgyhogy ez, ez mindenképpen kedves számomra. So I will be quite frank with you. I was really happy to 
get the chance to play when I was just learning about the possibility and uh, I was quite nervous as well because I saw the names and I saw who will be participating and at that time I couldn't even think about um, you know getting such a success at the end but all the time I was playing really hard very good matches uh, I had a stable 90 to like 100 average I could beat some really you know big names and so that gave me a lot of you know confidence um i was playing during the lockdown i was playing all the time online i was seeking for the possibility to to play and uh, i had a nine darts uh, you know finish and i had been playing against um, ptc players so well virtual cup at the end was like more like one of my my best memories, uh, one of my uh, you know best games. Last year, I, I remember watching you play Rob Cross on the European tour. That was your second time in the the Euro tour because you you made your debut on that in twenty eighteen. Were you less nervous for your second European tour appearance? Uh, az katasztrofális volt, de olyan szinten, hogy, hogy nem, nem különösebben tudtam semmilyen dolgomat végrehajtani, ebből kifolyóra csúnyozakó lett belőle. Tavaly Gibraltárban úgy gondolom, hogy, hogy még hogyha az utazás nem is volt annyira fertétlenül zöggenőmentes, ugye egyedül mentem tulajdonképpen, már olyan szempontból, hogy kísérő nem jött velem, gazdaságosabb volt így, így megoldani. Viszont maximálisan magammal foglalkoztam, és semmivel az égvágon ebből kifolyólag a, a meccsen is, meccsen is át tudtam ezt vinni, hogy, hogy ö, mindenképp fontos volt számomra, hogy meg tudjam élni teljesen, és, és ö, ne legyen az, hogy, hogy ö, és hát pontosabban mondva, hogy, hogy, hogy tényleg úgy tudjak játszani ott, mint egy, egy, egy teljesen egy, egy floor versenyen bárhol, és úgy gondolom, hogy sikerült. Az izgalom pedig olyan kérdés, hogy, hogy ahogy észrevettem, hogy tudok odafigyelni, és tudok játszani normálisan, ebből kifolyólag nem is, nem is annyira voltam izgatott. Egészen négy-négy igotott már az látott, és megmutatkoztak bizonyos hibák, de hát ez majd idővel remélhetőleg változni fog, ha minél többet tudok játszani ilyen versenyen. I, you know, at my debut, uh, I remember it was a catastrophe. <laughs> I couldn't really perform anything I planned. So that was something uh, like a, you know, weak point. But last year at Gibraltar, um, one of the things was that I was traveling alone, um, which was a bit hard, although it uh, allowed me to just you know, deal with myself and uh, not think about anything else. So just be with my own thoughts. And so I could, you know, live for the moment and I could be uh, playing like I was playing floor uh, matches. And that resulted a very good um, performance. Uh, and therefore I had no, um, um, you know, I was not nervous at all. Um, up until 4-4, of course, when this was all gone, but probably I will be able to, to just uh, correct that with uh, lots of opportunities.
opportunities in the, in the future. And watching your game against Rob, there was an element of Rob Cross in the way you played as well, Patrick, because you were stepping back between your setup shot and then your double attempts. Is that something that you deliberately worked on? Az az igazság, hogy ezt nagyon sokáig gyakoroltam, hogy bizonyos új helyzetekben nem feltétlen mindig nyerő az, amikor ritmusból csinálunk mindent. Nem biztos, hogy az agya annyira szét tudja választani a, a tömegredobást, a kerekítést, illetve a duplát, hogy, hogy azt abban a pillanatban ott ritmusból, lendületből tudjam megfelelően végrehajtani. Ebből kifolyólag csinálom azt a mai napig is nagyon sokszor, amikor duplára kell dobni, akkor egész egyszerűen megnézem előtte, és, és akkor valamilyen szinten nagyobb fókuszt az, ahhoz, hogy nagyobb százalékban eltaláljam. Megmondom őszintén, én tudtam azt nagyon jól, hogy a, hogy a Rob az így csinálja ezt. Én, hogy mondjam, talán ez is egy olyan dolog, ami, amiről beszéltünk is az interjú elején, hogy hogy azért mindenkitől lehet tanulni, és, és legtöbb esetben jó dolgot, ami ugye később segíthet. Ez, ez úgy gondolom, hogy ez egy ilyen mentális dolog, ami tudja az embert bizonyos helyzetekben megmenteni. Ilyen esetekben szoktam olyat csinálni, hogy, hogy a duplák előtt megállom és megnézem tisztességesen, mielőtt ész nélkül rádobnám, és, és méterekkel elé mennem. I was uh, playing or, or practicing a lot to step back because I just realized that it's not always good to, to play uh, out of rhythm and it's more like uh, good to separate uh, the tons, you know, the roundings and um, the double attempts. So, yes, I, I am uh, stepping back uh, um, deliberately <laughs> and... Um, Well, I just realized that this uh, um, provides a much better um, result. I knew Rob was playing uh, the same way. Actually, uh, as I just uh, told you earlier, uh, I've watched lots of the games um, in my life and I have learned this through this, uh, that this could work. This could be something uh, helping you mentally. So, yes, the final answer is it was deliberately something I, I did. Hmm. You were in the race for the lakeside spot last year, but you just missed out to Lajlo Kadar and, and Sebastian Steyer. Did you always plan to, to chase the WDF points this year, or were you inspired to do that because you, you had such good performances earlier this year in, in Slovakia and Hungary? Több figyelmet fordítani a PDC versenyekre. Nem feltétlen mondom azt, hogy, hogy a VDF versenyek kevésbé érdekeltek, viszont ha például dönteni kellett, hogy most VDF versenyre megyek, vagy, vagy PDC versenyre megyek, akkor inkább a PDC versenyeket próbáltam hajtani. Az idei évnek meg tulajdonképpen úgy mentünk neki, hogy, hogy igen, most akkor VDF verseny. Ebből kifolyólag hagytam ki több pdc selejtezőt, hagytam ki tulajdonképpen pont a hazai European Tour selejtezőt is, ugye VDF verseny miatt, de egyáltalán nem bánom. 
ugyanis valószínűleg ez, ez, ez bokkal alakul így mindig, hogy, hogy még ha a menet közben nem is veszem, vagy veszük észre, hogy, hogy bizonyos lépcsők még vannak hátra, hogy, hogy följebb tudjak lépni, mindig megmutatkozik valamilyen úton módon, és ez most itt tulajdonképpen bebizonyítja, hogy, hogy igenis még nekem a védélyekben van dolgom, lehet, hogy több, lehet, hogy kevesebb, nem tudom, úgyhogy ez majd, majd januárban nagy valószínűséggel kiderül, hogy hogyan tudom fölvenni a, a kesztyűt a, a VDF legjobbjaival tulajdonképpen. Ha esetleg még nem sorolhatom oda magam közéjük, ez majd kiderül. Yes, last year I, I plan to be participating on more BDC tournaments, uh, meaning if there was um, a WDF and a BDC uh, event at the same time, I was just going for the BDC. However, this year uh, I put my focus onto WDF, um, so and so I missed some of the BDC qualifications, and I believe that this has a reason. I mean. Um, Probably, I'm, I'm pretty confident that um, probably I will need to do w, WDF uh, tournaments more now in order to be able to be a better player later on, even on PDC. So if I'm not part of the, you know, part of the good players of WDF yet, then um, And my goal is to be and to show it in this year, I mean next year, January. Back in June, you won the Romanian Open. Would you say that that tournament was the, the biggest success of your career so far? Hát, én úgy gondolom, hogy igen. Én egészen addig a PDC eredményeimet helyeztem előttérbe. Úgy gondoltam, hogy ott a, a Development Tour negyedöntők, vagy uh, European Tour szereplések, azok uh, 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 hogy mondjam, értékesebbnek gondoltam, mint, mint egy uh, VDF helyezést elérni valahol, viszont hogy mondjam, észrevettem, hogy, hogy mennyit kell azért dolgozzak, hogy, hogy uh, egy-egy ilyen VDF versenyt meg tudjak nyerni, és, és úgy gondolom, hogy, hogy Tiszta fejjel és, és teljesen őszintén megmondva az idei VDF győzelmeim igazából, amik, amik annak kell, hogy legyenek a legnagyobb eredmények. Szóval igen, igen, talán a románóban a legnagyobb eredményem jelen pillanatban. Yes, definitely yes. Um, earlier I told, there were times when I told that uh, the, the PDC uh, results uh, I earned are more valuable than um, any WDF result. However, I just realized that how many or how much more work I need to put into to win one of the WDF tournaments. Um, and to be honest, I think, yes, this is so far uh, my biggest success of uh, my career. As you said, you're, you're on course to play at the World Championship next year uh, but before then you'll be representing Hungary at the, the Europe Cup next week 
how do you assess Hungary's chances in the Europe Cup? Nagy valószínűséggel ugyanúgy nyom más, más ország, tehát ugyanúgy nyomja más ország játékosainak a vállát és a teher, hogy az országáért játszik, ugyanúgy, mint ahogy minket, viszont egyáltalán nem gondolnám, hogy, hogy esélytelenül várhatunk neki akár melyik versenyszámnak, akár a csapatnak, akár a párosnak, akár az egyéninek, szóval felszabadulva tudunk játszani, de mondhatom mindenkinek a nevében. Ha felszabadulva tudunk játszani, akkor igazság szerint bárkitől ki tudunk kapni, meg bárkit meg is tudunk verni. We do have the same chance as every other nations, uh, any player, I mean any player of any other nation participating. Um, meaning um, that I just think that any Hungarian player have good chances to, to play well, and I think everyone Uh, who will be participating at the cup uh, will have um, you know uh, the big um, pressure on on themselves to to play well to show their countries and so we do have chances in even in teams pairs or or in singles as well um, it all matters how how free we can be and how you know good we can uh, enjoy the games and um, so any anyone can be Uh, the champion. You are playing pairs with with Joseph Rutska. Um, have you and Joseph played pairs together before? Yes, um, this year we have been pairs two times. Like um, both of them were the national championship in Hungary. One of them was uh, the steel, and the other one was the soft and soft. I mean, tip darts, and both of them uh, we are um, the winners, so we are the champions. Which shows that we we can play. Uh, really good together. So the goal is to to show ourselves and um, to play just as we are playing at home. Hmm. Uh, the the draws for the Europe Cup are, are out now. In the pairs, you and Joseph are, are playing Jelle Klaassen and, and Danny Van Tripp from the Netherlands. And then in the singles, you'll play either Edwin Torbjörnsen from Sweden or, or Lajlo Kadar. Uh, what do you make of those draws, Patrick? Tulajdonképp ugyanazt tudom mondani, mint az előbb. A párosban való igaz, hogy az egyik, hanem a legerősebb párost kaptuk. Az viszont az első meccs varázsa még, még azért befolyásolhatja itt a dolgokat. Ugyanúgy első meccs a hollandoknak is. Szóval, meg aztán ki tudja, hogy hogy hogy, hogy, hogy fog kijönni a lépés. Most egy négy nyertben azért 
lehet okozni meglepetést. Mi mindenféleképpen úgy fogunk arra odaállni, hogy nem az esélytelenek nyugalmával, hanem, hanem azzal, hogy kihozva a maximumot játszok a játékunkat, aztán majd kiderül. Az egyéniben ismerem, ugye Laci régóta megjátszottunk is sokszor együtt, Edwinnel még a Virtual Cup-on játszottam, egy csoportban voltunk. Én, én úgy gondolom, hogy, hogy az ugye az hozzátartozik, hogy, hogy egy gyenge játékos nem kaphatunk. Tehát, nem, nem, tehát itt nincsen olyan, hogy, hogy könnyű meccs, nem könnyű meccs, szóval mindenkire ugyanúgy, ugyanannyi figyelmet fogok fordítani tulajdonképpen, és ugyanúgy úgy fogok koncentrálni. Hazudnék, azt mondanám, hogy nem remélem, hogy Nacival játszunk majd, de, de ez, ez még majd úgyis a jövő zenéje. Úgyhogy én izgatottan várom, hogy, hogy újra le tudok játszani egy, egy, majdnem egy hetet, hogy, hogy erős játékosokkal ez mindenféleképpen szolgálni fogja majd a fejlődésre a jövőben. I can say the same as previously. Um... I mean, in terms of uh, the chances. However, I know that this pair uh, is one of, if not uh, the biggest or the, the strongest one. Um, but I think um, this will be, you know, the first match for both them. And I mean, the, 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 the Dutch pairs and for us as well. So this can be anything more like. So this could be something like a surprise. Especially that this will be played for best of seven legs, uh, but we will be, you know, going for the maximum, and we'll see what we can reach. Uh, in terms of the singles, um, I know Edwin from uh, the Virtual Cup, and I know Lutsu very well um, for a long time. Um, in general, here there are no weak players. Everyone uh, is one of the best. Um, So everyone needs to, I mean, we need to pay attention to everyone and uh, I will be, and I will be concentrating a lot. And of course, I would be happy to play against Lotsi because I know him, you know, more. Um, but I, in general, I can't wait to be there for a week and to, to meet with, with good players. Brilliant. One last question uh, from me. What's the story behind your nickname, The Planer? Ez tulajdonképpen egy jó két évre nyúlik vissza, ha jól emlékszem. Többször volt, amikor az akkori menedzseremmel nem minden esetben mentünk együtt a versenyre, különféle elfoglaltságok miatt, és én közben folyamatosan jeleztem üzenetben, hogy, hogy áll a verseny, most nyertem, most, most így, így sikerült, úgy sikerült. Volt egy verseny, amikor a, a végén írtam, hogy tulajdonképpen úgy gázoltam át a, a mezőgyön, mint egy gyalú. Ebből kifolyólag lett az, hogy ez így tök poénos volt, és a társaságunkban is így, így elterjedt, és, és amikor mentem dolgozni a kocsmába, akkor, akkor mondták, hogy na mi van gyalú? És ez így tökre megtetszett, mert, mert azt tudni kell, hogy soha nem tudtam magamhoz testhez álló becenevet kitalálni, ebből kifolyólag nem is foglalkoztam vele egészen odáig, és, és ez így pont kapóra jött. <laughs> the story of uh, the nickname goes back to two years from now. Um, 
at that time my manager uh, and I uh, couldn't uh, travel together to uh, to a um, tournament so I was traveling separately but I was constantly you know sending um, text messages with uh, all of the results and the, you know the progress of the tournament and at the end of the tournament I was just uh, you know praising uh, my performance like uh, I was just going through the whole um, tournament like a plane like um, you know nobody could just uh, stop me and you know this thing this uh, phrase has been picked up by um, the friends uh, of mine and then they just started to call me by that uh, for fun and it was just really a good thing because uh, I never could find a really good nickname for myself uh, but I liked this one, so I decided that I will pick up as a nickname. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time, Patrick. Good luck at the Europe Cup next week, and thank you very much, Eniko, for helping with the translations. Thank you very much. Thank you. thank you so much for your time. It was good fun talking to Patrick last week. He's someone I feel is really coming on and maturing as a player this year it was actually quite refreshing to hear him talk about wanting to develop his game by playing on the WDF circuit and becoming one of the elite players there before then chasing that dream of, of winning a tour card and I think being the first Hungarian to do so he's definitely one to watch in the Europe Cup whether that's teams pairs or singles you've heard me talk through my picks for the singles and the pairs now it's time to, to look at the team so the teams is a bit different because they don't draw the teams event until the opening ceremony, uh, which will probably be when you're listening to this or or just before you've listened to this. Uh, but I can make some picks recommendations based on you know the strength of the teams that are there. So these teams events are played much like you might see in Six Nations, where it's one leg on, one leg off, which for me is uh, you know one of my favourite formats to watch because. It reminds me of those pub games where it was winner stays on, 5-0-1, best of one. And yeah, I mean, I love it. I know some of the players, Alan Suter is one who's who's spoken in the past about how much he he loves it. And I think there are some teams that, you know, you look at and you think, you know what, in one leg shootouts, these guys are going to be very, very strong. So I would say you've got four main favourites and then there are probably four teams that I would consider competitive maybe dark horses to, to go well or pick up a medal so the biggest of the the four favorites I would say are the Netherlands because they won the Six Nations earlier this year and their team now is arguably stronger than it was then you've got Yellow Glass and Danny Van Tripp, Wesley Plazier and Denny Oldekouter that's you know four bloody good players in a format like this they're guys that traditionally go out 12 to 18 darts every time and if you're doing that in a format like this you're going to be very hard to beat England are very strong, are going to be right there. They've got James Harrell, Luke Littler, Josh Richardson, Scott Williams. Uh, Wales, Di Rogers, Liam Meek, Nick Kenny, Sam Kankit. It's a very strong team. And Ireland, I would say, are the other main favourites with David Concanon, Mark Cullen, Martin Heenahan and Kieran Tehan. And then taking a wider view, I think Sweden, I've spoke about before, they're the defending champions here and I think they've got a very good chance of of going well once again. Andreas Harrison, Dennis Nilsson, Ricky Nauman, Edwin Torbjornsson, all at varying levels of form, but they've had success on the WF Tour this year. 
They had the Europe Cup earlier this year, so they've got practice of this format, and they've won it before. There are guys in this team, Harrison, Torbjornsson, who know what it takes to win this, and I think they're going to be very tough to beat, no matter where they're drawn. I think Belgium, I spoke about Belgium when it came to the pairs and, and Andy Bartons and John Desremo. The other two guys in that team, Stefan Dupre is a very good player, someone who's who's you know been closer to getting a tour card in the past, and Peter Arts, he's another decent player. Switzerland, I think, are maybe a rogue pick, but in the shape of Andy Bless, Thomas Junghahn, Stefan Belmont, they've got three very good players in their, their four, and you know I forget the, the other guy's name, but he's obviously a decent player to be in that four. Uh, and as long as you're solid, as I say, and you're solid and the other three guys are capable of greatness, basically, then you're going to be tough to beat. So I think Switzerland are a potential dark horse for a medal. And the other one I'll talk about is is leading on from that conversation with Patrick is Hungary. Their four players, you've got Josef Rutska, uh, Patrick Kovac, Gabor Takac and Andras Borbelli. Uh, Andras, a young teenager, he's won titles on the WF Tour this year, played at the Euro Tour in Hungary. He's got real ability. And Patrick, Joseph, Gabor, they've all got pedigree on the WF Tour and they've all been in good form this year. So I think Hungary have got a really good chance for a medal in this team's event. And depending on how it's drawn, I think it could be really open. Now, the, there are seeds in the team's event, where unlike the singles and the pairs. Your seeded teams are England, Finland, Holland, Northern Ireland, the Republic of Ireland, Scotland, Sweden and Wales. So I've referenced Hungary and Switzerland there. They're going to be the unseeded teams. And I think they've got a good chance of, of making an impression. Same for Belgium as well. The women, eight seeded teams, you've got England, Finland, Germany, Holland, the Republic of Ireland, Scotland, Sweden and Wales. Germany are the ones that come in there as seeded, replacing Northern Ireland. And I think Germany are an interesting one for the women because in the shape of Irina Armstrong, you've got someone who's played in the World Championships before, is a very capable player. You've got the, the two Zollikoffers, uh, Lena and Lisa, who have both played on the WDF Tours over the last year or so and have recorded some really positive results. Uh, and you know what? German team's not bad. I think they've got a chance of, of making a run, maybe getting to the semi-finals. Of course, depends on the draw. But if you're trying to look at the teams there, Ireland start there. They, they won the Six Nations, uh, although the Six Nations for the women is only the three players. And here they move out to four with Theresa Mayer coming in. Now... Adding them out to four players, are they as strong as they would have been with three? I'm not sure. I think Finland, who are, who are seeded, they do have a very steady team with Sari Nikola, Kersi Vinikainen, Kaiser Reckonen. Uh, Sweden, I think, are going to be very strong because the Federation have backed them this year. And you've seen that pay off with Anna Forsmark and Maud Janssen and Susiana Hagvall all winning WDF titles. And uh, in the case of Anna being on course for a World Championship place... And they've got Vicky Prowm as well, someone who plays very well on the, the UK-based circuit, is a regular Super League county player, and someone who really never gets the breaks. You know, Vicky's a tremendous player, gets to loads of quarterfinals, semifinals, last 16s. Don't always seem to break for her, and she gets the, the, you know, the runs title she probably deserves. But she's someone with real ability, and I think that Swedish team is very strong. 
I think Wales across the four with Rihanna Sullivan, Alana Waters Evans, Leanne Topper, Amory Potts are decent, but probably not as strong as they would be in the repairs or the singles competitions. I think, uh, obviously, I've bigged up Sweden a lot there, but I think the, the two favourites for me, rather boringly, are England and the Netherlands. Uh, the Dutch, you've got Anke Zilstra, Lorena Rietberg, and Noelin van Leuven and Priscilla Steinbergen, who all very solid players, all had good runs on WDF circuit this year and, and some in the women's series too. But it's very hard to look past England and the prospect of Bo Greaves doing a clean sweep. She is the standout in that England team, but you've got Lorraine Winstanley, who's been playing tremendously well. Dita Hedman, who hasn't been playing at her best, but she's just tremendously experienced. She will grind out results no matter what. And she's a great asset to that team. And then you've got Claire Brookin, who is an experienced county player, played for England before. She's played in tournaments like this. So she's going to be right there. She knows what she's doing. And, you know, she's going to complement the real abilities of the other three really nicely. I think it is tough to pick winners in the team's events, but I would lean towards, in the men's, the Dutch, and in the women's, the English. But... You know, I wouldn't be shocked in in the men, say, if Wales or Belgium uh, came through to win it, or likewise in the women's, if, if Sweden or the Netherlands came through to win it, or even Ireland repeat that Six Nations success. Now, whether they pick it up in the teams, pairs or singles, Martin Heenahan said towards the top of the show that the Irish team are aiming for silverware this week in Spain and one man in their squad who knows all about Europe Cup trophies is County Roscommon's David Concanon who won the men's singles back in 2014. David and I caught up last week to discuss that win back in Bucharest, his time travelling in Australia and why people have been calling him Mr Super Sunday on the Irish circuit this year. I'm now delighted to be joined by the former Europe Cup champion David Concanon. David how are you? Good to have you on the show. You've had a, a very successful year on the Irish circuit and you're off to the Europe Cup next week. But before we dig into that, I want to start at the beginning for you. How did you first get into darts? It was going down to the local pub when I was younger, watching my father playing. Like everybody else's story. <laughs> we, we all watched somebody and, and grew up playing, watching them. So that's sort of where it started. Hmm. And I was about, and then from, from I suppose when I was about twelve, then they started to bring me to to county trials here, and it sort of took off from there. Then every year since nearly. And would you say that you're from a particularly darting family, or was it just your dad that played? No, my my mum. Everybody played. My mum played. My uncle plays. Local pub team. My grandfather would have played. Did a ball. I suppose back in their time, there'd have been a lot of darts in the pubs back then. Locally, so they all. They all would have played, but I suppose it would have been played for fun in the local, no more so than competition, but I just went that extra step. Hmm. And you're from, from County Roscommon, I believe. What's the, the scene like in there? Because I know it's a fairly small county. Yeah, the dad scene would, would be fairly small, to be fair. We just have a small little group compared to some of the other counties. But um, I suppose what we do have, we've, we have some good players and we're always playing, practicing with each other, so... Because it helps us all to stay up to a to a good level. 
so they just sort of I suppose that part of things encouraging more than to to travel and compete at the international level but I say I wouldn't be at the standard I am if I wasn't playing good again good players at home so a big moment for you when came when you won the Europe Cup singles back in 2014. When was it, though, that you got your first cap for the Irish team? Six Nations that year. In Scotland, I um, was just lucky how it happened. I had just I had only started doing the Irish circuit the, the year previous, and I had, I had finished number six. I think it was number six and five or six in the rankings. I think it was number five, actually. And... Um, to be fair, there was a, a guy ahead of me, and he just it didn't suit him to go and travel, so he um, he pulled out. It, it opened up the spot for me to move up to the Europe Cup squad. I was still going to the Six Nations, I suppose, but it meant that I was now going to the, the Europe Cup as well that year, so I suppose it gave an extra bite to go and do well. Well, I wasn't expecting it. I was going first time there, going to, to enjoy the experience. Well, I was playing well, and I was just enjoying the darts, so it just made it easier to, to just Stay playing well, I suppose, every day. I was playing my own game. It was, hmm. it was a great week. Hmm, of course. You know, you were saying you were going to enjoy the experience. Did you feel particularly confident going out to, to Bucharest in the level you were playing at? I wouldn't have been, given the calibre of players that were there, I wouldn't have been confident thinking I'd, I'd walk, I'd, I'd go and win a medal. I, I'd have been happy to, I'd have been confident to doing well because I had been doing, doing very well at home. My form had been good, but I just seemed to just, I suppose I hit the proper patch that week that I hadn't hit the fork, I'd, I, I had consistency I hadn't seen in my own game, I suppose, mm. found me that week, and um, I said I just took every game as it came, I wasn't I wasn't thinking about the finish line, I wasn't thinking about, oh God, I could win this on playing, okay, I, to be honest, I never really thought about how well I was playing, I was just playing the board every time, and every time I got a win, yeah. That's, that's good, another round. I kept myself very level-headed. The group guys that were with me were best for that too because um, nobody will be getting overly carried away or excited, you know, until that win and double went in on the Saturday morning. Something I was talking to Martin Heenahan yesterday about when he won the, the Europe Cup in 2018 and he was saying that the, the thing he found hard was that he'd had a really good day on the floor, you know, winning five, six games to get to the final and then... He had to kind of come back the following day or a couple of days later and prep for just one game, and he found that quite hard. Was that the same for you? That you know you've been playing really well and then had to come back. Yeah, that was tough because you were after having a you're after having a tough week as it was between the team event, the doubles, and then your singles was played on the in Bucharest for me. It was played on the Friday, so you were after having a long day, playing really well. I suppose. <laughs> Even though you weren't letting it get you, you had that little bit of a buzz and everybody getting excited at home. You were in a Euro Cup final um, for the first time and you had to try and both bring yourself back, keep yourself grounded that, that night, try and get a good night's sleep. But that, you were up then trying to get ready for a game at 12 o'clock the following morning and knowing you needed to be at the same same level. So it, um, it was tough. I suppose I probably got up earlier bit about an hour earlier practicing that next morning to try and get always get myself going again just yeah it was just different because it was when you went in when you came back that Saturday morning too because it was all stage finals the whole room set up was different your floorboards were gone 
so it felt like you were coming back in as well to a, to a new venue. So you really had to just, as I just say, get your game face on. You had to get focused and just think about that half an hour you were going to be on the stage. Mm. That's all you had to do that day. So it was it was uh, an experience to to know I could actually do that. I suppose that gave me extra confidence in after knowing that I could consistently, I could play well one day and come back and get into the same frame of mind the following day. And you were the first Irishman to win a Europe Cup singles title. So as much as it was a big win for you, did you feel that pride in, in being the first from Ireland to do it? I suppose um, when it comes to the senior, yeah. The, in fairness to the to Robin Byrne and the girls, they had, and the youths, they had done exceptionally well, I suppose, in the build-up to it that year. And last and that's what it was. I suppose it was a glowing light on on Irish darts and the younger guys coming through because they had a Europe title gone home. Robin had won the singles. They had, um, you know, there was a lot had come home to Ireland that, that year prior to me going doing that. So I suppose there was a buzz about Irish darts and we go on, there was confidence the younger ones coming through could go and do it. But yeah, it, to go home as a, one of the first the first men to bring home a, a medal like that, yeah, it felt good. It felt like that it, it might just help bring on Irish darts because we always knew the, the the players were there. It was to, to encourage them to say, yeah, look, the Irish players can go out and we can compete and we can do it. So I think it, it did help. Does a I say you look at the likes of Keen Barry and Stephen Lennon, they've they've all come up along after me and I played with Steve up along. Keen was a youth when I was doing that in Bucharest. So you'd hope to say, look at it. It helped to give them confidence that, yeah, we're able to compete and and move forward and play outside of Ireland and, and compete with the best. And am I right in thinking that the Europe Cup this year will be your first Europe Cup since you won that title in Bucharest? Yeah, but the, the travel bug and the itch, it sort of caught, it, it caught us. And uh, after the World Cup in 15, we said, you know what, we'll get it out of the way, we'll go travel. You know, a lot of people wondering why you do it and not go up the Darts. I says, if I meant to do well at Darts, it'll... It'll stick with me or it'll come back to me if ever or whenever we'd come home. So I wanted to travel and see the world as well and not be committing to one thing. I was still young, so we um, hopped on the plane and headed off. I played a little bit out in Australia here and there and made, made good friends out there too playing darts. So it was nice to, to experience darts in, an, in another part of the world for a while. That, you know, bar there was a World Cup or something, you probably would never get to have gone and played darts in Australia. Mm. I was going to touch on you playing on the Australian scene, but I'll do that in a minute because just before you went, end of 2015, you mentioned the World Cup, also got a good run at the World Masters as well, got through to the last 32, got a TV run out as well. Do you, do you have any specific memories of that Masters run? I suppose it was... To play Wolfie was, was a big game. I thought that one probably got to me a little bit. I've been playing well all day and the, the day before I, I missed out on the last game to qualify for Lakeside Alan Souter caught me in the last game which that hurt me I was really hoping to, to make Lakeside that day because the morning um, at the York Cup I was, I was playing well just lost out in a, a last set decider so I came through I think it was Alan again I actually bet in the game to qualify for the stage hmm. so I knew I was playing well but like that you were coming in playing a world champion hmm. and uh, 
experience. Um, definitely, you know, you had you knew you were live on TV and that. But I was playing well. Um, bit unlucky, I suppose, I had a few throws, but you, when you have your chances at that stage, you have to take them. I enjoyed every second of that experience. So, so moving over to to Australia. I mean, I saw you did have some good runs while you were out there, got to the semis, the finals of, of ranking events. How did the, the Australian scene compare to what you were used to back in Ireland? To be honest, the standard, once you went to the, we'll say the main, main qualifying events and the ones that were carrying the good, the big WDF ranking points, you were playing, you were playing players that were of the same standard. It's just like that they're in a different corner of the world you wouldn't be thinking you wouldn't be seeing or hearing of them as much because of that it's my experience anyway I know it's a long way to travel over and back to, to England and, and Europe now where, where all the main darts are played but when you go out there it's like it's like going into a small pub and in Ireland here you will meet some quality players up there and so this sort of helped keep my game my game going and help me stay up to a standard without given up you know um, I was always able to do better I wasn't playing as much obviously as I was here um, Australia is a big country to travel around yeah. so you were you were still tipping at the dartboard and doing a bit of practice yeah. just um, hoping that when you go to one your, your form is still there I suppose the confidence is still there I never had no reason to lose the confidence I suppose so when I went to one like that the Australians were lovely and welcoming but some of them they weren't long figuring out who I was so um, they were very very welcoming and uh, I suppose it made it easier to just settle in and just enjoy the game over there So when was it that you ended that sort of wanderlust period and came back to Ireland? Back in March 2018 mm-hmm. came back and I suppose went back to some of the ranking events that year but um it just wasn't happening that year for me, and I suppose it's started get, getting on my nerves in a little way. I just I knew I was better than what was happening, but I just couldn't find the form, and I, I suppose I was just settling back into the scene. So I actually, towards the, the latter half of the year, I stepped away again. I said, you know what, I need to just step away, and I suppose we were only back to Australia. We were getting married the following year, so there was a lot of different things happening behind the scene that had to be organised and a lot playing on the mind so I said you know we'll, we'll get get ourselves set up and settle first and then we'll, we'll look at the darts again Both we got back into the the pub league at home so you were sort of building back up again and I was just coming back into it when qualified for the Irish team again just when Covid hit I suppose throughout Covid we had all the online competitions where everybody was playing each other across the pond and everything so some days were good at that, other days were bad, so I suppose until we got back to the floor this year, I didn't actually know where I really was at. Well, I suppose the first big competition you had back last year, uh, you were playing the Irish Open weekend. I remember actually watching one of your games during that weekend against John O'Shea. Um, got to a quarter-final in the Irish Open. Is the, the hope this year to you know, maybe go a little bit further in that one, You know, win it and maybe head to the World Championships next year? last year like that I was still trying to find form I didn't know I every day I didn't know where I was at uh, I wouldn't have been 
at the same level I'm at now, consistency-wise, and so forth. Well, I've taken every every day was different down there, and um, I definitely to get to the the quarters of the Irish Open. And it was uh, I suppose that was a big boost. That was something at the start of me realizing, yeah, I still have I still have a game in me. I can still compete with these guys. I'm unlucky again, Luke Luke Littler there mm. in the quarter that day. And I know in terms of the, the WDF stuff, you, you used to travel a bit in the past, the Dutch Open, the, the Isle of Man, that sort of thing. Are you likely to, to do that again? I suppose uh, deep down the love for the arts, I, I would love to have an experience all then, but I don't know, settle down with a family and mortgage. It's harder to do it. I was doing all them on my own back, back then. Um, now it would be a case of, like any dark player, and um, find a bit of sponsorship or, or a bit of backing to go do them. So I'd be on the first plane to the Dutch Open, have an experience at once. I'd definitely be back to that again. Like that Isle of Man, English Open. I've, what I've gone to, I've done well in. Because any time I went to, I was on form. And when I was going, I was going. The reason to pick up points, and I was happy that I did. Um, but yeah, definitely, it's an aim will be to get back, get back to a lot of them big ones, a lot of them that I know I can go to now and do well in. But it's like that, everything costs money nowadays, so it's it's harder. Now, in terms of the Irish circuit this year, you you have had an awful lot of success. Back in July, you won the the Gold Cup, uh, beat Michael Meaney in the final. Now, I know the Gold Cup in in England obviously has a lot of heritage with the the counties. You know, what are the origins of the, the Gold Cup in Ireland? Is it a big tournament on the calendar? Well, it would be nowadays. It's in the, the last couple of years they've really started um, emphasising the the main event of a Sunday, I suppose. Back when I just started first, the only ones I'd have really known what would have been the Irish Masters and the National Singles, but was the last few the last few years as a the the interest and the, the standard in the Irish circuit has grown. They really started to emphasise the, the main trophy event for for each weekend. To try and help the entries, help to help all sides of the game. Something big to play for, so to win it. Yeah, it was. I suppose what did the lads call me after the last one? It was Mr. Super Sunday himself. <laughs> I seem to, as I said, pick up points on a Saturday night and. Um, win it out on the Sunday which I won't complain about <laughs> but I thought every every title you win nowadays given the standard that's there is yeah, yes or three this could be the last one you win because you never know you never know who will come along and uh, knock you off your perch you know so confidence is there I'm happy going in on Sunday I'm happy going down on a Saturday if I win I win if I don't I don't but I suppose I have that air of confidence now back about me Mm. Uh, I'm winning the games that I wasn't winning a couple of years ago because you were saying you were down and you were bet. Um, and that was it. You'd, you'd sort of you die out of the game. You give up. Now I'm sort of I'm back to not being bad till I'm bet. Mm. Um, I've been three one down and I won four three. Um, two years ago I'd have been three nil down and I'd have lost four nil. So the, the difference in my game is there the fight is back. So I wouldn't say anyone is more special than the other, but I'd say you'd be treating everyone like the last. You talk about the comebacks there. That was very true at the the Irish Masters in August. Three one down against 
Michael Flynn, who himself is is having a very good year, and yeah, you battled back to win that one four three. Yeah, um, Ian Mass is a long, a long day with the, the sets format. So, um, yeah, three went down, and I was up to that point. I just hadn't been fired well, consistently well in the final, but found a found a one five eight checkout. One five eight or one fifty. It just sort of it gave me a, a spur of life to fight back into it. Mm. I took every leg after that, and as I said to myself, now if you're going to win, you're going to win, but you only take one leg at a time. So mm. I was happy to get that win. Um, lucky, I suppose. And, uh, but win is a win. It's not over. It's not over till it's over. And I'm not bad till that double is in nowadays. So. And you also, I, I read that during that Irish Masters weekend, you also won the pairs with your your cousin. Of course, you know the pairs in some ways are not not as important as the, the singles, but must have been quite a cool moment to to win that one as well. Yeah, because I know back um, fourteen, fifteen, we had I can't remember which one of the years it was, but we had won it together as well. Mm. So, so that was the first time we'd played um, that one properly since we came back. Um, and look, Cousin, he's a good player too. He's a he has caps himself. He won the six. He played the Six Nations in sixteen over in Holland. So, I suppose when you going in, we were if we could both hit form, we do well. But of course, as doubles goes, we were carrying each other in different games. But we got over the line. Nice to win, definitely. Yeah, any win is a nice win. But I suppose when you can. Win the likes of a double event like that with a family member, it's even nicer. You know, you won another big one. As you say, Mr. Super Sunday picked up the national singles just over a week ago. Where do you feel your game is at now, both in terms of what you're throwing, but also that, that mental side you were talking about? Um, first of all, I know I find that the consistency is coming back. So I find um, I'm slowly starting to, to average. I suppose I'm, I'm a hovering around the mid 80s mid 80s to 90 my averages over the day over the weekend which I wouldn't have been doing a couple of years ago so I'm slowly coming back up to the level where I was and um, I think that the consistency is key you know you can you can throw in your 100 average and you can throw in your 78 average and win a game but if you're consistently throwing your your 85s to 90s um, at the minute you're you're going to be hard bet so I'm happy with where that is at. I suppose to try and just keep pushing, and as the confidence keeps building, I'm sure that'll keep creeping up because it has. If it's come a long way, I suppose from where it was when I qualified for the Irish team. I suppose as that comes up, and you can, the great thing about Darts Connect, you can, you can look back at it after the week and see like, is there a time of the day when I dipped, or how did I play overall? Do I play better against certain players? Would it be an Irish circuit? You know the type of player you're playing, whether they're fast or slow. I just find I'm, I'm definitely finding my own game. So I'm playing. I'm not playing. I, I don't play the player. I never did when I was playing well back in 14 and 15. So I find, because when it wasn't going well, you'd watch the man you're playing a lot, and uh, that does affect your own game. So I've noticed I've, I've gone back to just playing my own game. I just focus on my own three darts and. It makes a big difference to how you play at the end of the day. And you're kicking off your, your Europe Cup singles campaign 
<clears throat> against uh, John Agrius from Malta. What did you make of that draw? I had a quick look at it. I generally am not one to look through a draw. I just, like I said, just there a minute ago, I turn up and I three darts and I play, play my own game. And if I win, I win. But, um, to be honest, I haven't been away when I was doing the the WD events. events um, back in 14, 15, I suppose, I'd have I didn't own a lot of the international players. I'd have been able to put a face to name, but you know, at the minute now, bar any of the bigger boys are both English, Scottish, Wales. That's I wouldn't really know anybody. Next week, I could see them, and I'd probably be like, "Wait, no, yeah, I know these guys, but I just take it game by game, and I, uh, I won't, I won't look too deep into it." And how would you assess Ireland's prospects for for the Europe Cup? The the men's teams, women's. All of it. How do you think you guys are going to get on? It's like like any event. It's it's all on the day. But I think deep down we'd know going confidently we'd have we'd have a good team. We have with the men's ourselves, myself and Martin have that experience of going going the distance. We know what it takes. And my form is coming back. Martin hit form weekend in the national singles. We have Kieran Tegan. He's He's played again the best. He's been on the VDC circuit. He's doing the challenge tour. He's like a sol. He's good days, bad days, but on a day he's very hard beat. And um, Mark Cullen there from Carlo. I suppose the last thing he needed to see was COVID. He was on probably one of the most consistent players in Ireland at the time. And um, it's good to see that form coming back to him this year. So because he's from South and Kieran, it's it's a new experience. Um, so. Myself and Mark will be hoping to have them settle in, I suppose. And once they do, I think it'll be a very hard team beat. The ladies then, they've answered their own questions at the Six Nations when for the first time. And you have, you have Robin and Katie there that have chance to done all the World Masters titles between them. They have Europe Cup. Robin has a Europe Cup and the girls. So I don't think it'll phase them. They're doing the PDC, the women's series. They're they're playing as much starts as they possibly can. And to be honest, I think they're two of the two of the best players, and they're well anchored in with Caroline Teresa. So I know I think they'll be her bet, and I think deep down, awarding ourselves, they'll be um, we hope to do do damage this week. Well, thank you very much for your time today, David. I really appreciate it, and I wish you and the rest of the Irish team the best of luck next week in Spain. It was good fun talking to David. He's someone I've seen has been playing outstanding stuff all year on the Irish circuit, picking up so many of those titles on the Sunday. And uh, I look forward to seeing him in action in the Europe Cup because I think he's going to be really dangerous and uh, at the Irish Open later this year as well. hope you've enjoyed this big Europe Cup preview. These WDF Cups, the Europe Cups, World Cups, Regional Cups, I find them fascinating and I know from conversations with players and officials, the likes of Jacques Newlat, that they mean an awful lot uh, to everyone involved. You're not doing it for money, you're doing it for prestige and the honour of playing for your country and potentially winning medals and trophies for your nation. So should be special. It's all going to be on Dark Connect and I know there's some streaming on Twitch as well. So make sure you're looking out on the Twitter because I'll be sharing everything and following along but big thank you to martin david and patrick for their time for the interviews and to aniko hassani for translating the interview with patrick 
And thank you to you guys for listening. Your support is always greatly appreciated. I'll be back next week with episode 108, which will be breaking down the Europe Cup action and looking ahead to a busy October as we approach the end of the season. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at amsinclair97. You can follow the podcast at Inside the WDF. You can like the Facebook page, Inside the WDF, and you can rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See you on the other side.